The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Trust the process. Do you respect the process? Welcome back, processors. This is your week sixteen preview slash college championship weekend ryan how you doing i'm great i'm great really there's really no other way to put it man i'm phenomenal feeling festive i'm feeling festive it's um it's a little chilly in texas it's not like new york i see binghamton's getting absolutely clobbered they are um but no it's like last night we were letting out the dog and it was like 36 degrees i was like this kind of feels nice Right. It's a little you bit of a change. That. You need that around this time of year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. But, you know, it's like 45 today, something like that. Not too bad. A crisp I, 45, if you will. I like it. Yeah, that's perfect yeah. walking weather, perfect sleeping yeah. weather. And the sun was – it was ni- it's nice when it's kind of chilly like that, but the sun is hitting you, so it's like enough – you know what I mean? It was perfect. I'm jealous. Super jealous. I woke up yeah. to more snow than I was prepared for. Didn't make you late for work? Uh, two minutes, yeah. Yeah. That classic Brian Finch two minute late thing. The old walking up when when Mr. Ball is doing the attendance thing. Yep. Wrapping up the the morning meeting and nope, yeah, meeting. Here, here comes Brian. <laughs> yep. He knows. Uh, yeah, he does. And he didn't say anything today. It's all good. All right. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, like I said, championship weekend. Uh. The. the finale really for a lot of teams i guess because there's only four teams going to the playoffs so this this is it and and i think a lot of bowl games in all honesty i don't know if a lot of bowl games are actually going to happen really well because it's not there's not a lot of incentive for the players to do it because you you're putting yourself in the normal injury risk as well as the covid risk and and I mean, it's no, there's no fans at the bowl games, probably a lot of them. Right. Yeah. So uh, as a player, I mean, of all years this year, it's just, you know, this the is ending the is to step away from the bowl game and prepare. Yeah, man. This, usually see. this year sucks. It, it, it did. They did well all year. Everyone, I give all those administrators credit, you know, looking up for the player's health. They did a really good job of that. And we got here, we got to the finish line and uh, it's just not going to be the finish that we're used to in my opinion. Yeah, around this time, I'm usually trying to listen to, you know, like Matt Nagy interviews, stuff like mm-hmm. that. For you, I don't know, he's the senior director of the senior bowl or whatever. Yep. Um, I haven't really heard any. Like, is, is that going to be an issue? As he said, like the numbers aren't going to be what they usually are because of this or what? They're expecting higher senior bowl entries than ever before. Okay. Well, that would make sense considering they're not getting a full season. Um. I did D- I, uh, DM Tim Nagy, not Matt Nagy. <laughs> Matt Nagy coaches the Bears. <laughs> I did DM him, and he did DM me back. He's a very nice uh, gentleman. And uh, I was asking him, 
generic questions about expectations for the senior bowl. And one of the ones that I was curious about was, are they going to expand the practices to more than the typical five days and then the game on Saturday? And he said that is something they're looking into because with expanded rosters, you're going to need to give everyone equal amount of chances. And here's the thing, like people hear senior bowl game or whatever, right? The, the scouts are gone, man. They don't, yeah, they no don't care about the games. No one cares about the game. That doesn't show off what they want to see. They, they like seeing the practice. They like having the one-on-one time with the players, which that's another thing I want to, I should ask him. I'll, I'll try DMing him again as we get closer to the senior bowl is, are they going to do everything over like Zoom? You know what I mean? Are they gonna are they gonna have in person meetings or are they gonna have private Zoom meetings? They should have a bubble, just just, just like NBA playoffs, but a Senior Bowl bubble. <laughs> I'd say put them literally in a bubble, like each <laughs> yeah, those yeah, bubbles and, that you run yeah. around and hit each other with. Make make all the athletes practice in the bubble. That now that's a true athlete. <laughs> I'd watch it. That'd be fun. Oh hell yeah! Are you kidding me? Yeah. Except no football. Just just make them play that soccer. That like that's all you see with the bubbles. Hey, that'll show off the feet. Running backs will love that. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Enough of that. Uh, let's get right into the the heart of the matter, which is like we said already three times now. <laughs> Championship weekend, and we'll start Friday night at seven thirty on ESPN. Our UB Bulls taking on Ball State. Ball State's five and one, UB's five and zero. Oh. They would be six and zero oh, more than likely, but mm-hmm. they had a game canceled. So uh, UB is favored by thirteen and a half. It's a sixty-seven and a half over under. Ryan, uh, any reason not to take UB here? Um, absolutely not. Not that it matters. This is this game is being held at Ford Field in Detroit, home of the Lions. Indoor game. Jarrett Patterson is going to absolutely crush. Kevin Marks is probably going to get you know his ten to fifteen carries probably good for six, seven to carry and just go off per the huge. Um, Kyle Van Trees is going to complete six passes for like 94 yards. Probably won't throw a touchdown. Antonio Nunn's going to have like four, four for 65, maybe something like that. Yeah. You'd be by 70. You'd be by 70. Not okay. I'll, I'll give it like a, I'll give it like 42, 42 to 17 UB. That feels pretty good. I'll say 52 34 UB. And okay. I like I like that uh they're playing at Ford Field. Uh because indoor. Yep. Indoor. Yep, that helps. And then uh the other thing I like is, you know, that's a home of that Barry Barry built, right? That's Barry Sanders. Yeah. You know, everyone knows who he is. Uh everyone is railing me for not taking Barry Sanders with the first pick and the uh, two point. My dad thought that Megatron was a good pick, just so everyone knows. He is a good pick, not first. I wanted it to be different. You were different, absolutely. You stunned the world. Yeah, that's that's what I go for. At least you got half of it right. You you did take a, a Detroit Lions, so yeah. So like I said on the last episode. Um, our boy Jared Patterson joined Barry Sanders in being one of the fastest running backs to reach a thousand yards. So I think that's kind of fun that he'll be playing in Detroit in his last game for the UB Bulls. Well, will Barry be in attendance? Last game, I don't, maybe, dude. That'd be kind of cool. He gave him a shout out on Twitter that one day. Did he? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Right, Jared. I'm sure uh, he screenshotted that and framed it. So it was pretty cool. Oh, for sure. Jared's very involved on social media. If you hit him up, he if you you know, make mention him in a tweet, he will retweet that. 
Yeah, we tried to get him on the show. It didn't happen. We're still working on it. It'll happen. Give I time. may I may have a line on the uh, Boston College linebacker. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Milano. No, not that one. <laughs> All right, uh, Ryan. What's the next game we need to talk about here? Uh, well, my the first one on my end right now is actually UAB Marshall. Then it was Ball State Buffalo. Oh, interesting. Uh, well, but we can do is, is yours Pac-12? No, it's UAB and Marshall. Okay, well, I guess we'll talk about that. What do you, um, what, what do you know? Uh, <laughs> nothing. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jones C. Edwards Stadium in Huntington. No, there's no state next to Huntington. Don't know where that is. Um, Huntington, Texas, isn't it? I don't know. Texas is huge. It could be like three different Huntingtons. Uh, Marshall, Marshall's favored by five. Uh, over under 42. Tomorrow night, 7 p.m., CBS Sports. Give me, give me the UAB Blazers in an upset. I do like the UAB running back. I can't think of his name right now. We are Marshall. Bum, we, bum, 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 bum. We, I have not watched any Marshall, but I did watch UAB because they were one of the first teams to come back for college football. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Did, Marshall did have a kid that was pretty – wasn't their quarterback was pretty good? They normally do. Yeah, this uh, uh, Garrett Wells or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Wells. Uh, he's a freshman. Uh, a couple games ago, he threw five touchdowns. Oh. Well, I'm scared now. I was going to pick UAB, but now I'm scared. Because stats. Uh, just so everyone knows, Jones C. Edwards Stadium uh, is in Huntington, West Virginia. I just looked it up. Okay. So I'd learned something new, and all our processors probably did too. Unless you're they from West Virginia. Did. Yeah, you're like, you idiots. Grant Wells, I'm sorry, uh, for Marshall. Okay. Is a freshman, yeah. Yeah, oh, he was born in West Virginia. Is Marshall in West Virginia? Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. We are Marshall. That's all I know. Look bad. Okay, well, it's, I mean, without um, uh, Randy Moss, who cares? You know what I mean? Marshall University is in Huntington, West Virginia. So they got a home game. <laughs> okay, I'm like, oh, Grant Wells <laughs> coming back to West Virginia. I'll take Marshall, um, though. <laughs> now that I know it's a home game. Yeah, um, I was wrong. Grant Wells is having, I mean, I guess for a freshman, a pretty decent season, 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns, nine picks. Maybe not. I don't know. That's, that's only an, that's, that's, it. that's eight games. That's not, that's not yeah, a lot for, of games. For, for a freshman, you know, um, at an okay program. So. Yeah. All right. So we both are on Team Marshall. No, I think you may be in the upset. Oh, I, you're going down. Damn. <laughs> All right, now we can talk back 12. Oregon. This, yeah, this game is not as hyped as it should have been. You know what I mean? No. no that's a shame. Uh, Oregon, 3-2. and two, Taking on an overrated USC at 5-0. and oh. Yeah, I'm still there. I'm still, I'm still banging that drum. USC right. is overrated. Uh, this is also a Friday night game. 8 o'clock on Fox. So, uh, USC is the favorite, just barely, minus 3, over under 64. I have no reason to take Oregon. None of no. their players have played this year. <laughs> no one worth noting has played this year. So, I mean, 
Yeah, this game isn't really that hyped up, I guess, but there are there is some names to pay attention to for sure. Um, especially on the USC side. Um, running the senior running back, Vive Malapai. Malapai. I don't know. I have no idea. I've, I haven't watched a broadcast and I don't know how they pronounce this name. But um, yeah, he's he's a senior running back from Hawaii, six foot, 220. Not getting a lot of carries. He, he was, he's only got 54 carries, 250 yards, and three touchdowns. So, and then obviously Amon Ross St. Brown. That's another name to look at. All right. Uh, Tyler Bonds. And then Elijah Vera Tucker too, um, the guard for USC. So definitely some name value to pay attention to pay attention to in this game. Yeah. So did you pick someone? With that said, Oregon. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to take USC. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So both both team USC in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have we got up next? Uh, Northwestern. Number 14, Northwestern taking on number four, the Ohio State University. Do they have any good players? I can't really think of any. Um, That's a noon kickoff on Fox. Ohio State is favored by 20, over under 57. I will comfortably take Ohio State, and I will not look back. Smart. I'll take the – yeah, I'll gladly give up 20. I'd probably give up 28, no problem. Yeah, man. Um for sure. Justin Fields, Trey Sermon, Master Teague, all these names. Uh, Chris Olave. I mean, there's just Garrett Will, just so many names on Ohio State to pay attention to. Like, it, there, there's just too much talent, and it's just yeah. not. Yeah. It's, just, I, don't, I don't see it from Northwestern. I really don't. No, no. So, in, instead of talking about who will win, let's real quick talk about how long can Northwestern stay in the game and stay in the game? I, I mean, 10 or less points. Not long. I no. mean, Northwestern's thing is running the ball and I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. They're going to, Ohio state's going to score quick. Justin Fields. That's what they always score quick. They always jump to a lead and Northwestern's game is running the ball. And right. They, it's they're not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, how about this? Let's hope Northwestern wins the coin toss, takes the ball, and then takes a nice long eight-minute drive, yep. scores scores a field goal. Somehow gets a pick six. Then they got the momentum going. There we go. And then and then and then you're all then you always got a one-score lead and just keep running. That's the only way. That's the yeah, only you only gotta way. you gotta play keep away. That's what you gotta do. You gotta play yeah, keep this, away. Yeah, this game's being played at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indy. Yep. Shout out, Matt. Mm. Yeah, man. Ohio State for sure. Northwestern side, I guess for Sean Slater, another offensive lineman. We'll talk more about him later. Um, that's really all I got for Northwestern. So. Yep. Yep. That's fine. Uh, the Big 12 championship features uh, Iowa State, well-earned, and Oklahoma, pretty pretty well-earned. Fair. I, yeah. Yeah, a down year for Oklahoma. Uh, Should be a good one. Exciting. I, I like it. I like this matchup a lot. I really do. Um, so Oklahoma's the favorite, minus five and a half, and it's an over/under fifty-eight. It's a noon that's kickoff a pretty, in ABC. That's a pretty stingy five and a half, though. I don't. I don't know if I like that. Iowa State can score. Yeah, they can. Yep. I don't, I don't know if I, if I if I'm betting that five and a half scares me. 
Brock Sumpers, no joke. It's it's Brockness season. <laughs> it's it's Brock twenty. Being it's played at AT and T Stadium. I should I, I should see if I can go. Texas Texas ain't scared of no COVID. I can go. I'll wear a mask. Yeah. Mask up. Get a vaccine and then go. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What were you about to do? What was that? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, you know what? Give me, give me Iowa State in this one. Uh, oh, I would want that so bad. I'm gonna get fancy here. Iowa State's ranked higher. I've been more impressed with their offense this season. And Spencer Rattler, you can get him rattled. You know, you know what I mean. He's he's a freshman. Yeah. Hit him. Hit him quick. Hit him early. Pressure him. And then. Brock Samber takes over, baby. I'm with you, dude. I I mean, obviously, we're going to acknowledge that Oklahoma has a talent advantage. They get the better recruits. But Always, I mean, yep. th- this has been Iowa State's year. I, I hate that they even have two losses. You yeah. know what I mean? We, we were high on them to begin the year. We were still high on them during the year. And, and I can't bail on them now. We can't. All right, Iowa State might not have the flashy five-star, four-star recruits, but they got they got grit. They got they got Brock. They got Brees Hall. They got Xavier Hutchinson. Charlie Kolar slept on tight end. Yeah. They got dudes. They got dudes on that offense. Iowa State can score. All right, you just you just got me amped up. I'm I'm going big here. Here we go. Player of the game, Charlie Kolar. Boom. Like I'm watching that. this game. This I'm watching this over the Big Ten championship that's for I think sure. you should be watching this game yeah i've watched enough of, of ohio state dominate people but t- time to watch some cyclones take down this those sooners all right i like right? that um hold Where on we headed now i should yeah? do some research real quick it'll take me two seconds sure 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 uh i'll do oh, some oh, oh, oh baby sorry pot on the table here autumn he just broke your table can you say Charlie Kolar? Maybe a little, if you will, revenge game. Guess where Charlie Kolar was born, Brian? Norman, Oklahoma. Oh. Guess, guess who didn't recruit Charlie Kolar, Brian? I'm, I'm gonna guess Lincoln Riley and the I'm Oklahoma. Say, I'm gonna say Sooners. the Sooners, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Kolar is going in there spitting mad, spitting mad. <laughs> Give me Kolar for two touchdowns. I'm I'm down. Sorry, I thought I thought I remembered he was from Oklahoma when we did the Pac-12 preview, and I had to double check that. So, yeah, how about that, Charlie Kohler revenge game? There you kind go. Of. Okay. Yeah. Not that he needed extra incentive to whoop some butt, but he's coming for you. He is. All right, where where are we headed now? Uh, Louisiana Coastal Carolina Mullet versus the Mullet. <laughs> Dude, I love this matchup so much. I love Rage this. Raging Cajuns. And the Cows of Carolina. I kind of wish Ed Orgeron was the <laughs> Gocations. Gocations. We'll take down the Coast of Carolina. Or if he's the Coast of Carolina. Go, go, go Chandeliers. That dude's pretty fiery, too. Their head coach. For the for Coastal, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but when he he's gives a good interview, man, he's a fiery guy. Speaking of Coastal Carolina, Lorenzo Taliaferro passed away yesterday. He went to Coastal Carolina. They might have a little juice. So thoughts with them? 
the family of Lorenzo. Did you hear about that? They've been like his numbers like on everyone's helmet this year or something. No, he he died last night. No, no, no. I wasn't he like out for the year. No, 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 no. Uh, Lorenzo Taliaferro was the running back for the Ravens at one point. Okay, I'm confusing them with another school. There's another school where like a player was like out for the year and then died. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, Lorenzo Taliaferro, like a heart attack, dude. He's 28. Crazy. Wow. Yep. So, um, yeah, that that probably hit hard for the org. I saw that. Uh, I think it was like one of the Coastal Carolina reporters already came out and said like, this is like fired him up and all that so that's crazy but um yeah man i gotta go with coastal carolina i mean sure they whooped on our heisman so whooped on you know the overtime <laughs> whooped on, you know what i mean like whooped like whooped on them physically i'm so defensive i'm so defensive of zach wilson <laughs> we love zach wilson that's like our, it's like our it's like our homeboy mm-hmm all right, just to be different, I'll take the Raging Cajuns because they, they captured my heart first before Coastal right. Carolina. Actually, I don't even like Coastal Carolina. They, they're dirty. Dirty. Right. right. Um, so the big one is the next one on my list. We're going to skip hold, it. I want to hold off on that one. Good call. Good call. And then let's go to Mountain West, and then we'll do the, the next big one. Then we'll round it out with the freaking – the, the main card, the main oh, event. Love it. You, you, you're so dialed in right now. Mountain West Championship. All right, that's it. Okay. Now to the SEC. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Boise State taking on San Jose State. Number 24, San Jose State. I'm sorry. Boise State is favored. Give them six and a half. Over under 56. This game's a 430 kickoff on Fox. Sam Boyd Stadium, Las Vegas. I wish they were playing at the Black Bowl. At yeah. Legion Stadium. Yeah. But you can't get what you want all the time. So, um, you can't yeah, dude. Uh, get what you want. I was going to sing that, but I didn't want to be that guy. No, it's okay. I got you. So, the disrespect for the ranked teams in these championship games is absolutely unbelievable. Um, I didn't watch a second of any of these teams this year. Neither have I. It's West Coast. It's tough. No, yeah, it is. I mean, and really, I mean, no one's really like, oh, dude, San Jose State came, dude. I can't get any sleep. I got to watch this thing, man. <laughs> um, dude, shout out uh, quarterback Nick Starkel from Argyle, Texas. I don't know where that is. Um, that's their that's their guy, man. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna uh, lead the charge. <laughs> what are they, the Spartans? Like what? Yeah, yeah. Spartans by 30. Okay. I'll, I'll take the uh, Boise State Mustangs. Nice they got start. a cool field. Are they the Mustangs? Did I even get that nickname right? I don't think they're the Mustangs, no. Sam Boyd, Sam Boyd Stadium is in Las Vegas. Boise State Buckeye. I don't know. Who cares? Guys. Uh. Some people Has Boise care. State been relevant since Doug Martin? Leighton Vander Esch is pretty good. I was gonna, well, don't be sleeping on Kellen Moore. They were awesome then. I didn't watch. I didn't, I didn't care about football and Kellen Moore was their quarterback. Uh, well, 
the one uh, Boise State is kind of like known for like their supreme uh, usage of trick plays. Mm. So, yeah, I will say though, before Dak got hurt, Kellen Moore was running a pretty good offense in Dallas. I will say that it was a fun offense, but now I mean it's just whatever. Uh, Manny, Manny uh, uh, that I work with in uh, Super Checks, uh, mm. he, he's a Cowboys fan because he lived. Um, where did he live? Arlington? I think he lived in Arlington. Anyways, uh, he hates Kellen Moore, and I try and convince him all the time, like, he's not the problem. He's not the problem. No, he's not. <laughs> Shadow so, Kellen Moore, come on the pod. Yeah, please. Uh, do we want to talk about – oh, yeah, we have to talk about the AAC championship. Yeah, yeah, we do. Old man Ritter, baby. Um Old man Ritter. So number number twenty three Tulsa is taken out of the Cincinnati Bearcats. Number oh, this is this is some BS. Sorry to interrupt, but they're also playing in Cincinnati. This is some BS. I don't did like Tulsa this. Really joke. have a prayer? Yeah, of course they did. I mean, dude, Desmond Ritter is magical. He somehow has some potion. He's eighty five years old playing college football, so he's gonna win. You know, he has some sort of tea. That makes him like young. Um, yeah, I did dude. not like that noise in my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope, man. Um, I hope it sounds better in everyone else's headphones because it didn't sound good in mine. Believe it or not, Desmond Ritter is still a junior. I think every time we look that up, hoping it says like retired. Every single time we look at this dude, <laughs> I got twelve years of eligibility. He's the he's the dude from that baseball movie. I am twelve. Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. For the people that haven't looked yet, please go look. Yeah, go, go ahead. Look at this headshot. <laughs> you can't tell me he's not. He's got kids. He's got wrinkles, bro. Like like laugh lines. He's got laugh lines on his okay. face. I've had enough. I'm looking up another picture of him. All right. So Tulsa is the underdog. Uh, they're number 23. Six and one on the year. Cincinnati number nine, eight and zero one year. Uh, they are minus fourteen and a half. It's a over under of forty five. This is an eight o'clock kickoff on ABC. I love that they're getting the ABC treatment. Does that mean that they're getting Kirk Herbstreit? It sounds like it. The Cincinnati game. Yeah, eight o'clock cool. ABC. That they're getting they're getting Herbie, man. Yeah, that's prime time. Beautiful. That's prime time. So who you got? Yeah. I'm. I'll roll. I'll roll beer kits. Yeah, I mean you have to, man. Um, yeah, you you have to. I want them to force their way into the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, how can you deny them? If they're nine and zero, and then one of the next teams we talk about in a couple of games from now is two loss. You know what I mean? Right. If one of those is two losses, like, you can't put them in over Cincinnati. Yeah. No, I feel that. Yeah, I'm all about it. Okay. Make it happen. Good. Go Bearcats. All right, Ryan. What do we got next? Let's do it. Uh, SEC. SEC. Um, despite having the number one team in the nation, this is not. This is not the big ticket. Uh, we got Alabama, number one Alabama, taking on number seven Florida, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. In Atlanta. Yep. 8 p.m. 
CBS. As much as we love Trask and as much as I think Trask has got to be, he's got to be number two in voting for the Heisman, in my opinion. Um, Alabama just has too much. At, at some point, there's just too much talent. Yeah. Um, the only way I see Florida winning this is if you have Kadarius Tony on on all cylinders, Pitts, um, Trevin Grimes, all these, all the dudes for Florida have to be dudes. You know, that <laughs> put that on a T-shirt, okay? Right. All the dudes have to be dudes. This game. I mean, yeah, I don't. I just don't see it. I really don't. You, the Florida hasn't had a run game all season. No, they're that, two one. They're two one dimensional against Nick Saban. It's just he's going to eat you alive. They're going to play right into his hands. Yeah, you, dude, you nailed it. That was exactly what I was thinking the whole time when I was thinking about this. I was like, if Florida could only find a run game, they could run. Get they, the play if they could going, keep the ball out of out of Alabama's yeah. hands. Because in every other matchup, just about, Florida has had the advantage at quarterback. We, we love our boy Kyle Trask. We like, really do. Like, I, I love the growth that he had this year. It, he had a huge jump from last year to this year, and it's really impressive, and I'm super happy for him. It was almost Joe Burrow-esque. It really it very, was. Very much. Um, but not this game. Mac Jones is good, man. He is good. Mac Jones is is just as good as Kyle Trask. They're very similar players, in my opinion. They are. They um, are. I agree. They 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 have good weapons around them, so it's hard to judge them just based on themselves. And I think the big thing for both of them is they're just poised in the pocket. You know what I mean? They don't yeah. get rattled. Um, that's really it, man. I, that I think they're they're two really really similar quarterbacks, both playing like outstanding years. Yeah, but like, kind of like we both said, now just this is gonna come down to Alabama's defense just outplaying the Florida offense. I mean, like we've been saying, they're they're just too one dimensional. They can't run yeah. unless somehow Cameron Harris pulls his head out of his ass. It's like, oh, I played football for a college team, maybe, but yeah. it's probably not gonna happen. No, it's the other Harris that is gonna have the good Cam. Game. Not Cameron Harris. Jeez, um, Cameron Harris plays for Miami. I'm thinking of Pierce. Uh, uh, don't worry about it. He's a re- he doesn't run anyways. Naj- Najee Harris is the Harris to know in this game, anyways. Yeah. Yeah, Najee Harris and oh, it's gonna kill me now. Uh, Pierce. What the, what the hell's his first name? I don't have it committed to memory. I'd have to look it up. Bleacher Report is not helping me. So da- we'll Damian keep... Pierce. There, there we go. you go. Thank you. Well done, sir. Well done. Thank you. So Thank you. Alabama is the favorite, as you would expect. Minus 17. That is a lot, considering that Florida is not a bad team. Right. Uh, over under 74. This is a an 8 o'clock kickoff on CBS, so I will be begging my wife to let me to go downstairs a little early on Saturday so I can pull up the dual screen because I, right. I want to be able to watch both these teams or both these games. So Yeah, man. Um, yeah, give me Alabama. I don't <sighs> – I don't think they're going to cover 17. That's probably wise. I like that. I like that call. I don't think they're going to cover. I think what I want to see is 
is Kyle Pitts have a big game here? If Kyle Pitts has a big game, he's locked in top 15, I feel like. Well, then as a Bills fan, I want him to have a horrible game. <laughs> yeah, right. Seriously. Okay, so what were we thinking? Like, mm, I don't think it'll be real high scoring. I'm thinking like 38-28, Bama. Yeah, I like 38-24. I, I like that. Okay. okay. 38-24. All right. So you teed us up for one last game. Mm-hmm. What is the the game that everyone will be watching? The rematch, but not really the rematch because Sunshine wasn't playing. So, number three, Clemson, taking on Notre Dame. Number two, Notre Dame. Clemson's favored by 10.5, over under 16.5, being played at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, 4 p.m. kickoff, ABC. Trevor Lawrence is back yeah. for this game. Uh, is Ian Book going to cook? That's the that's the that's what needs to be the headline. Uh, good news for Ian Book. Clemson's cornerbacks can be taken advantage of a little bit. They they're, can. They're not. They're not what we were hoping they would develop to be. I don't love their linebackers. I don't love their defensive line for Clemson. Like, not this year. Maybe next year. Right. Maybe the year after that. You know, Clemson does a good job of getting players to come back. Like, they almost always lead. And Alabama's constantly sending guys and bringing new guys in. Clemson's the opposite. Clemson's constantly convincing guys, like, come back another year. Come back another year. They they got that whole line of Cleveland Farrell and, you know, all those guys that come back. Right. Yeah. To start on the D line. So I don't know, man. Notre Dame's offensive line is legit. Yeah, I mean, they're the big reason Kyron Williams has been just most of the time running over all these teams. And if right. they get him rolling and then Ian Book starts hitting his throws, they're a tough mm-hmm. team to beat. Yeah. But then you got on the other side one of the greatest quarterback talents to hit college football in a while. On the other side, that can definitely keep up. Yeah. But it's, it's this is going to be a high scoring. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, it was high scoring with Ulabalele, uh, whatever his name was. Um, <laughs> so now you get you put the best quarterback in the nation in there, and, and it's 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 going to be it's going to be a good one. I don't know why this this should is it. Dude, I got goosebumps just thinking about this rematch. Yeah, is the ACC going to be? Is ACC always played at like four o'clock? I think a uh, I'll. All the conferences will do the best they can to try and find a spot where they can have more eyes on them. Yeah. So this is probably because to me this is this should be the game of the night. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think the networks get as much of a choice. I think this is the uh, conference, you know, commissioners and whatnot. That yeah, I mean, SEC has got all the money. So, and I think the the quarterback matchup for the SEC game is just yeah, the tiers better. I mean, yeah, you got Trevor Lawrence, but. Ian Book's been playing well, but he's not one of these big name quarterbacks. So, yeah, um, a part of me just wants to just say screw it and just take Clemson. I think I like Clemson's offense a little bit more. Clemson's gonna, I think Clemson can score more points, and that's really what it's gonna be. I mean, <laughs> it's only John Madden. Whoever scores more points is gonna win this football game. <laughs> and I think I, I I I think that's gonna be Clemson. Okay, so they are the favorite 
minus 10 and a half, an over under of 60 and a half. Oh man, Notre Dame. I want to pick you guys so bad. I really I think do. The key, the key for Clemson is get Travis Etienne rolling early. You got to get him going. Yeah. Whoever other, gets other the ball him, might win this, Ryan. That's, that's, that's what, I'm, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't love like Clemson skill guys other than ETN. I mean, uh, Cornell Powell's fine. Like, he, there's dudes, but they're not, they're not Justin Ross. Amari Rogers. Yeah. They're not Mike Williams dudes. Right. Right. Like the Clemsons of old, you know, right. Sammy, DeAndre Hopkins, hey, Martavis Bryant. I'm all I'm all for Travis Etienne versus you know my boy Williams. Like I'm all I know about who will that. Win that fight. Etienne is is three years his you know senior. So, right. I mean that's what I'm saying. Like they're gonna have Etienne's gonna be catching the ball at the backfield. Yeah, he's gonna have to. Um. Yeah, dude. I really. It's so weird because Clemson's favored by ten and a half, but I don't trust that. I don't, I don't trust like it either. I don't like that spread. It feels like a sucker bet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, Vegas, Vegas is trying to dupe people. Just give me Clemson to win, but not to cover. I like it. Uh, I'm with you, but and I'll honestly, even as a Michigan fan, my heart is with Notre Dame here. I want them to be real. I want them to be legit. Uh, we called it before the season started. I said, watch Notre Dame, man. They they got some guys. They got an awesome, awesome offensive line. They got a stud linebacker. They got a great running back. You know, you know, depth chart behind them. They got some mm-hmm. decent wide receivers. Obviously, they always have one tight end, and it happens to be a freshman this year that's stepping up. So, whew, man, I can't wait for Saturday. Yeah, kind of like you said, this is this is going to come down to. BT Potter versus Jonathan Dorer, the two kickers. <laughs> I mean, whoever whoever's on the field last between, and let me tell you, that dude that ain't throw. gonna. That dude is gonna drill from seventy. So you better hope Clemson has has possession last, because Jonathan Dorer is coming for your neck. I love dude it. Six three one ninety seven. He's got some leg on him. Yeah, he does. Jeez. Oh my God, he's got some leg. That's a bad haircut, though. It's a bad haircut, but boy, he doesn't—he don't care. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let's pull up Clemson's kicker. I know his name is BT Potter. Um, holding for this. He is holding for the the picture. Here we go. Loading. And wait. Uh, Damn, and you hang- thought Bo Nix was a dweeb. Uh. BT Potter, five foot ten. Oh my give, gosh! Give me Notre Dame's kicker all in day a, in a boxing match. I'm taking Jonathan. Well, yeah, the reach. Jonathan is absolutely clubbing BT Potter. <laughs> BT Potter looks like the kid at college. Like, like if you, he like nudged your shoulder, like you guys bumped into each other. He's like, "Do you know who my dad is?" That's what he looks like. <laughs> Do you know who my dad is? Uh, my dad is it's a, a, a lawyer, part of our Smuggerberg and Smurts. Yeah. Oh, he's he's got a his long is fifty two. Uh, the other dude was only forty eight. But um, we digress. Um, yeah. So I think we're both on the same page. Clemson in a close game. 
Yep. Uh, so along with Championship Weekend, there are a few games um, that you can watch if you're interested. Nebraska's taking on Rutgers. Uh, Florida State's taking on Wake. Uh, let's see here. Texas A&M. All right, here you go, guys. Texas A&M back playing football again. Good for you. Taking on Tennessee. I'm going to guess Texas A&M is going to smash them. Washington State, Utah, if you're interested. Here we go. Another armed forces battle. Air Force taking on Army. All rolled Army after taking down Navy. Yeah. Black Knights for life. Man, this sucks. We were talking about these big games. Now we're talking about this. And I'm just... Nah, it's fine. I just, fired up. Yeah, yeah. I just want to keep people, you know, tuned in. Mississippi LSU, Missouri, Mississippi State, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Penn State. All these, yeah, all these bleh games going on. But, you know, if you need a filler in between, there are games yeah. to be had. Okay, Ryan, let's uh, transition to the long-awaited top five tackle, guard, and center. Oh, shoot. I just combined O-line. I did That's tackle fine. and just O-line. That's fine. That, I kind of included them all. Okay. You want to start with tackle? Yeah, it's fine. Tackles. Tackles are important. Tackles keep your quarterback safe. They do. So, um, when you're watching a tackle prospect, what 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 do you look for? Because most people are just like, oh, they just push the other guy out of the way. <laughs> uh, what sets them apart from the good ones to the average ones is the ones that are able to handle the speed the best, draw my eyes better than other ones. Guys right. that I see that that feet are quick and keep the leverage and kick out well without losing that leverage. It's very important when you, when you kick out to pick up that edge rusher, especially one that's a bendy one, it, you, you can get out in front of them. Sure. But it's very easy to be, don't have your weight underneath you anymore yeah. when you do it. I think a big thing too, is like that first little pop, you know what I mean? The first little punch, just to like, kind of like how a corner does to a receiver. You try and jam him at the line, same thing. You know, get 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 that rusher off his off his stride a little bit. Um, Penai Sewell is the best at that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we will start there with Penai Sewell, the number one tackle, number probably number two. If Trevor Lawrence isn't in this draft, he's probably the number one guy in the in the class. So. Um, Penn High School, six foot five, three twenty five, junior from Oregon. Uh, I guess what really sets him apart is just that he's super elite at both, whether it's pass blocking, opening up rush lanes, the versatility, the just everything he does is far and away better than everything everybody else. He's been the number one guy for this whole season, even after he opted out. We, we talked about him a little bit before, but that's really it. Penn High School's the number one guy. Yeah. He is the definition of a dancing bear. Yeah. That's, that's a term that you'll hear me say a lot because it's just so funny to think about. But, I mean, it's absolutely true, which is just a massive human being that, that's so light on their feet and just so agile and athletic. And 
mm. you know, a lot of times think about this. If, if you ask this lineman that's six foot five, 300 and something pounds, right? If you ask them to slim down to six, five, two eighty, you know, imagine what they could be. And I mean, that's, that's the thing. These guys that are playing offensive line, they're not, they're not just some fat slob. They're not, that's not what wins in, in the elite college level and it's definitely not what wins on the pro level you, you need to be an athlete man yeah these they're, guys they're, they're these literally guys, just they're they're 40 pounds away from being an edge rusher and yeah they're good athletes these guys are you know six foot we'll say like six foot three six foot four plus 300 plus running some sub 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 540s like these are freak athletes like oh yeah these aren't just big dudes that you know just sit around the locker room eat cheeseburgers all day like no, these, these dudes are freaks. Listen to some of the offensive linemen give interviews about what it takes to enable to um, keep their weight. They don't like it, man. They really don't. No. They can't that's wait to shred see, that weight. That's why you see all these guys retire. Like, like look at Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas is, like, slim. He's super – even, like, for, for Bills fans, Eric Wood. Like, these yep. dudes, like, they get out of the league and they immediately drop this weight. And um, it's, I remember, it's crazy. I remember Jeff Saturday after he retired. Yeah. The center for the Colts. Just immediately just like, oh, I can't wait to not have to just pound burgers and pizza just to keep weight. Right. So my number two, um, I think we're just going to go down the line, guys, and kind of debate. I mean, I, it's been a weird year. We're probably not going to stray too far away from, I guess, the standard or textbook if you will top five from most of these other draft guys so uh number two is going to be alex leatherwood out of alabama he is 6'6 310 uh this is a guy who could have came out last year probably still been a first round pick um nick saban somehow i don't know what he does or what he says to these guys to make them come back but his players always come back for some reason it's crazy so yeah uh, yeah, Alex Leatherwood. I mean, all these guys are very, very similar, like in their talent stuff like that. That's why they're in a, in a top five. So, and to make it even better for Alex Leatherwood, he plays in the SEC. He's playing against the best competition in college football at all times, and like for the best team, he's playing against some of the best players in practice every day. So that's Alex Leatherwood for me. That too. I'm fine with that. Uh, his name. If you, depending on where you go to, is somewhere in the top five. Exactly. Yeah. Not necessarily two. There's only one constant. You already hit it. It was, you know, Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell, yeah. Yep. And then outside of that, you have some variances. But I have no problem. Like, they, the old cliche of scout the player, not the helmet. Yeah, you do that. But at the same time, you also trust what's the logo on the helmet. Mm-hmm. So if if you see a, a tight end and he came from Notre Dame, he's he's probably going to be pretty good. Exactly. Better, better, better than most. Right, which brings me to three. So I'll just go down three, four, five. Um, We won't bore you with all these, you know, he's got long arms and he can really pack a punch off the edge. Um, Liam Eikenberg, for me at number three, like we said, out of Notre Dame, really good pedigree for offensive linemen. 6'6", 305, and then we'll move down to four. Rashawn Slater, 6'4", 315, out of Northwestern. Kind of like we said in the preview, Northwestern, big, pound the ball down your throat, uh, running team. He's a big reason why their run game is so successful. And then number five, kind of like the, I don't want to call him like the unicorn of the offensive tackles, but 
Dylan Radins, uh, out of North Dakota State, 66301. So he's a little bit on the lighter side for a tackle, but this guy's really interesting because Trey Lance, just strictly because of Trey Lance. Trey Lance is a super polarizing guy, not a lot of tape on him, didn't throw a pick. And if I'm, I believe Dylan Radins didn't give up a sack, which that alone is super impressive, regardless of the competition. Yeah. But that's what people are going to, that's the first thing people are going to notice. Oh, he went to North Dakota State. So who was his competition? But that's kind of the good thing with offensive line. That stuff kind of just, it, 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 that, what, if what they're good at in college will translate over most of the time. You know what I mean? So that's my top five. What do you think? I, I have nothing to adjust on it. Uh, it's interesting. You know, obviously, Penny Sewell being one, um, all scouts would have said we don't need to see any more tape but it's it's interesting that two out of the five guys didn't play any football this year yeah um well i guess he um the north dakota kid he would have played in that one exhibition game probably yeah yeah but not that he had a chance to show a lot there trey lance did look pretty awesome in that game but yeah yeah I mean, but the, see, the thing is with like Alex Leatherwood, he didn't have to play this year. I mean, no. just the just the Alabama pedigree alone, last year's draft hype, yeah. and just like it, it's like I, it's it's Alabama. It's it's the helmet. The helmet is going to get you a lot more looks. Like look at all these Alabama receivers that go undrafted but are still on teams today. Robert Foster, Cam Sims. That's all the Alabama helmet. You know what I mean? So he's definitely uh, got that for his benefit, but he's also a good football player. So yeah. And what I'll say about the Northwestern kid is um, obviously their, their style of play helps him a lot as well as it, Northwestern is a, it's a smart kid school. You, you go to Northwestern and you don't normally go there just because you're good at football. You go there because you have asked um, uh, aspirations. I'm not saying that right, but whatever, you know what I mean? You have dreams, yeah. yeah, you have dreams, goals after football. Outside of football, yeah. I'll, yeah, so I love guys that clearly show that they can um, go out. Like, they don't need football. They can go and do something else, but they love football. And those same, are the same, kind same of like guys. Uh, Notre Dame guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. Super prestigious. Like, look at Quentin Nelson, ridiculously smart, freak up, the best guard in football. Um, yeah. So, speaking of guards, um, I'll move on to my top five, unless you have anything more to add on the tackles. No. Are you combining guards and, and, and centers? I just have O-line, so That's just perfect. interior. Okay, that works. Um, okay, so number one, Trey Smith. 6'6", 325, out of Tennessee. Now, I'll just go right to two, because these guys on a lot of people's boards are interchangeable. Um, Wyatt Davis, 6'4", 310, out of Ohio State. So now when I'm watching a guard, the first thing I'm thinking of is them hitting that block and then what they do at the next level, how they do up, up in space, opening up those lanes, and just like either how they do in small spaces right, right in the trenches or what they're doing at the next level in space. Right. So that's what makes a good guard. Can they pull? Can they drive to the next level? So that's what I'm looking for. And Trey Smith and Wyatt Davis are some of the best in the class right now. Yeah. We've, we've said it a few times when talking about Ohio State. Um, and talking speci specifically about Wyatt Davis himself is toolsy. The, the guy has yeah. a, a toolbox of, of skills that you need to have a guard to be elite, and he has every single one of them. He's got the agility. He's got the instincts. He's got the – This is Davis? The, 
Davis, yeah, he's he's yeah. got the strength, he's got the intelligence, you know what I mean? He's got everything you need to see. One of my favorite things to watch with a guard, like you already said, the the polling is is huge. The other thing is if you if you watch enough football and you and you do focus on offensive line, it's it's hard to do because the broadcast camera isn't gonna let you watch a lot of it. You know, it's gonna follow the ball, but try and watch the offensive line and catch how many times that there seems to be some sort of communication error and then, and see when it's picked up the, the good ones they'll they'll catch when their teammate makes a mistake and they're able to to fix that. You know what I mean? It's, it's just as on the defensive side, it's, it's a lot of times a safety covering from a, for a corner, a corner missing in the assignment and then on the in offensive line, it's constantly the guards making up for a mistake with the tackle. A right. stunt, you know what I mean? A, yeah. a twist or a stunt happens on the inside. Tackle screws up, grabs the wrong guy, and now the guard's got half a second to, to think on his feet. Mm-hmm. And a, a guy like Davis, you know, with the top 10, top tier guards, they're, they're going to be able to do that kind of stuff. No doubt. Yeah, so I, I was reading on um, Kyle Krabs um from from the draft network his scouting report the very first sentence for Wyatt Davis is and I quote this dude is a destroyer of worlds <laughs> so that's what you want in a guard you want these maulers um just, I mean typically for the run game for me with the guard I mean they're like one of the one of the big parts of the line you know op- opening up those lanes so yeah Trey Smith and Wyatt Davis are one and two for me um nope, I'll no shoot uh, I'll do three, four, five right here. I okay. mean, because once you get past, like, the top three, four guys in the guards, you're kind of going into no man's land here. So, number three, got Elijah Vera Tucker, 6'4", 300 out of USC. And then another interesting name, Creed Humphrey, 6'5", 316 from Oklahoma. He's another guy who probably could have came out last year, very similar to Alex Leatherwood, probably would have been a date – what do you think, like a day two pick more than likely – I feel comfortable with that. Yeah, and then, and then I'll go down to five. Uh, Landon Dickerson, guard. He's six six, three twenty five, out of Alabama. That's a that's big for guard. That's what that's kind of what I was thinking when I was taking these notes. I'm like, and that's how big Trey Smith is too. But if you're that big, you better be able to move like you're not that big. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm fine with like a sticker guard, but you you can get too big at some point. Well, yeah, Joe. When we had Joe Marino on, it, I had a question about um, uh, Trey Adams. That, that yeah, is six foot seven or six foot eight, something yeah. like that. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, if he can't hack it as a tackle, can you move him inside? And he's like, it, it. When your arms are that long, and you need to fire them off, you know, at the snap to get them out and make first contact. Think think about how much more room you need to have in order for you to get full leverage, full extension on your uh, hands in order to make the block that you want to make. I would think that at some point your arm length is a disadvantage. Right. I mean, well, you got to think, like, if you're moving that extra four, five, six inches out like that and you got Aaron Donald, the the best defensive tackle on the planet, he's just going to speed dip right under you. He's gone. Yeah. I mean, you don't have time for the for those extra inches. So, yeah, I'm, I, I kind of agree with that. A lot of times when you see the guards show up to the combine and they start going through the first, you know, the first day is weigh-ins and stuff like that. The second day is um, 
they they hit the gym. They go and they start doing the bench presses. The reason guards a lot of times crush with the bench reps is because their arms aren't as long as other positions. Yeah. They're not as long as an edge rusher. They, 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 they don't, don't have push to the bar travel. as far up. Yeah. Right. They, they it's like just, just keep banging them out. I remember specifically uh, Quentin Nelson watching him and like, look at this guy go. He's just like firing off like 25 <laughs> <One hand>. reps. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, because he's that barrel-chested, short, short-armed, you know, guard, just like, I don't just, know, just all ass. That's what he, he's all ass, and yeah. like that's that's another thing too. Like the thick bottom for that burst, you get jam these guys' pads up. Um, but yeah, for sure. So that was my top five for the six, interior six. and tackle. So six six. Huh? Hmm. What do you think acceptable arm length for him? I'm thinking no, no longer than 33 inches. No longer than that. Probably, yeah. I mean, I'm not too in in, in depth with the arm length and what's good, what's not. But oh, that's my thing. That that's a lot. So that's definitely something I'll have to pay attention to come this off season for sure. Well, well, I'm all about that because that's where I show up on the combine tape because I can. Yeah, you got, to get those arms. Yeah, I got the monkey arms. Oh. And the hand size, my hands are huge. Look at this, right? Massive hand. That's weird. Yeah. I'm a weird. So that, that is it. That's, yeah. That's our top, tackles. Top five guards and tackles. And did you have any centers in there? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think there's a lot of centers this year. There's not. not. As, no. There really isn't. Last year was a good center class. This year, maybe mm-hmm. not as much. Maybe yeah. not as much. That'll happen. Yeah. But, I mean, just because you play guard doesn't mean you can't play center in the next level. Absolutely. Look at John Luciano, baby. What's the difference? All you have to do is just snap the ball. Right, yeah, something like that. Comfortable with a guy cupping his, you know, hands underneath your butt cheeks. Yeah, right. I was a center. Whatever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll wrap it up here for you. Honestly, uh, I'm pumped, Ryan. It seems like you're pretty pumped for this weekend. Yeah, man, it should be a lot of good games. Definitely looking forward to those last three we went over. Not, yeah, yeah, Alabama, the SEC and ACC for sure are going to be some bangers. Yeah, oh, I want to. I can't wait for that Tulsa Cincinnati matchup too. That'd be fun too. Old man Ritter, baby, he's got us. Old man Ritter. So uh, wake up in the morning, get get that senior citizen discount on IHOP, and go play. <laughs> get the early bird special. Yeah, right. Two cool. eggs, some brand oatmeal, and call it a day. All right, so let's wrap it up here. Uh, tell the folks all the important details, Ryan. So, people, as I, well, first announcement, next week will be the start of our once a week um, until further notice. Um, with that said, and with that being said, subscribe to the pod, like us, share us, leave a review. I haven't checked in a while if we have a review. I doubt it. Um but yeah, if you haven't, leave one. Um, that's really all I got, people. Yeah. Check Y'all out know what I usually shows. say. <laughs> check yeah, out check. crafting and drafting. Yeah, check out crafting. Yes, no, no more reviews. That's okay. We got we got six five star ratings though, so take that. We appreciate those six people. Yes. And and the rest of you that are listening right now. Good catch. Go ahead, Brian. All right. Until next time, keep on processing that process. Go Bills. Bills. 
do you trust the process? Do you respect the process? Hey, Anthony. Yeah, Chris? You hear any new podcasts lately? Uh, yeah, I have. Like what? Retroblist. You had that ready to go. Like, almost like you knew I was going to ask you this. I sort of kind of did. It was like an ESP feeling. What's Retroblist? Retroblist is a retro video game podcast presented by Johnny and Trevor where they talk about everything from retro gaming, retro consoles. They each week review a different video game that they have played. Uh, majority of the time it is retro, like on the actual console itself, from Sega Dreamcast to Super Nintendos to... Um, I think they recently started playing on a Nintendo Switch. Where can I find this podcast? Uh, you can find it at bicbp radiocom Sweet.